Where is the most beautiful statue of the Blessed Virgin Mary you have ever seen with your own eyes? Take a moment to think about it. Got an answer? I've got mine. I'll tell you what it is coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. This is the show focused on spiritual direction where each day we seek to offer you some encouragement and inspiration for living out your faith today. I'm your host, Patrick Conley. Thanks for joining us. The most beautiful statue of the Blessed Virgin Mary you've ever seen with your own eyes. That's the question before you. Where is it? Perhaps it's the statue of Our Lady of Victory in the Basilica of Notre Dame de Victoire in Paris. Maybe it's the Pietà in St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. My answer is not quite so far afield. It's the statue that graces the Marian Chapel at the Cathedral of St. Paul in St. Paul, Minnesota. The chapel was completed in 1919, and it features a statue of a young blessed mother holding the child Jesus, and it's based on Our Lady of Victory in Paris. The prolific sculptor did many works. Leon Hermont, if I'm saying that right, considered this piece his masterpiece, and it is stunning. Our Lady stands with downcast eyes holding forth the child Jesus, and the depiction of Our Blessed Mother is one in which she is strikingly demure and humble, yet arrestingly beautiful. Just being in the chapel inspires devotion and ignites prayer. In my opinion, she alone is worth scheduling a pilgrimage to the Twin Cities to say nothing of the magnificence of the cathedral herself and her sister, the Basilica of Mary in Minneapolis, both of them architectural wonders in their own right. So much of the sacred art that graces Catholic churches around the world is world-class. Even the top secular art museums in the world have sacred art on display as incredible examples of craftsmanship and artistic giftedness. But what role is sacred art meant to play in the life of the ordinary Catholic? How does sacred art inspire a deeper devotion to God? And can it ever be more of a deterrent than a help to devotion? Well, today on the program, we're considering sacred art and its role in your life of faith. Joining us as our spiritual director today is Father J.J. Meck, a priest of the Archdiocese of Detroit, where he serves as the rector of the Cathedral of the Most Blessed Sacrament. Father Meck, welcome back to The Inner Life. Good to have you with us. Much. I'm so glad. I'm honored to be back. I want you to know I, I'm my voice is a little rough today. I've been recovering, but I'm surrounded by uh, you know good things like uh, hot things to keep my throat going and, and I need <laughs> Gatorade. So we're gonna we're gonna you know get through this. This will be great. Yeah. Well, Father JJ, we're we're grateful that you're joining us here on the program today. And I got to say, just to kick things off here, now I have never been to the cathedral there in Detroit, but I did look it up online, and it looks stunning as well. It is a very, very beautiful place. Um, I want to be careful because one of our uh, ordinaries in the past did some renovating. That you know, it's all personal taste but ripped out some really amazing things. But we have been really putting in some amazing, beautiful, inspirational things. And the stuff that's there, it's a neo-Gothic cathedral. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so what happens is, just like any Gothic cathedral should, it kind of elevates you. And you, you walk in, and I do this with, whether it be with little kids or with adults or just, you know, anybody who comes in here. We have um, Detroit Historical Museum, you know, and so it's ecumenical. They come in here and they love to show it off. 
and our windows are, have these beautiful jewel tones, and your eyes are elevated up to this green. It, it's just amazing. It's fun. I've got the privilege of just sitting there sometimes in the dark and just letting something catch my attention. So you're all invited if you ever want to come here. Oh, well, I, I just might take you up on that sometime. I'd be very, very interested in seeing that. So thank you so much for that. Uh, well, talking about sacred art, and I think that's, I mean, that's a good jumping off place right there is that there is so much that is captivating about sacred art so oftentimes. And uh, certainly there are great cathedrals, be it in St. Paul, Detroit, or wherever it is, when we walk in, that that is, we, we feel arrested, we feel overcome, we feel captivated by the beauty that just surrounds us. And that's got to be something that plays right into the whole mindset behind the whole idea of sacred art. I agree. I agree. Um, recently we had the Super Bowl. And uh, there was a comment uh, that people were saying our new cathedrals are these billion-dollar um, stadiums. And I have to, you know, respectfully disagree because when you look at – they're gorgeous because I have background in architecture and I love them, but it's it's different. It's, it's very different than if you go to an actual art museum or you actually go to a uh, – uh, a, a literally a, a church or a cathedral or a chapel, and because uh, I pray with art, but I and it doesn't, it's not all religious. But there's something I just think that it, it takes away kind of the understanding of what a real cathedral, a real transformation can happen, rather than winning a game. There, there's a connection you make, you know, when you pray with art. Mm-hmm. Well, take us into that a little bit, Father, since you bring it up. Um, what do you mean that you pray with art? What does that look like? Oh, good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I apologize. Sometimes I, uh, I, that's what I do. I, I'm an artist myself, and I love art. I love to pray with it. And I think, um, you know, sometimes people think we have to be rote in our style of praying, and that's connecting. It's encountering God. And that's what real art, in my opinion, is all about. It's, a, it's an emotional connection. It is a, uh, an intimate encounter. And inevitably, I mean, I'm biased because I'm a priest, but I understand it and I think it's true. It's, it's, the, it's the connection with either the artist who then is inspired by the creator. And so we, I always find everything a connection with God. I don't believe in coincidence or luck. I, I look at everything in life and try to figure out, okay, God, what do you want me to learn? And, and that's what I think praying with art can do. It's totally transformative. It can educate us. It, it illustrates something about life. It can inspire us. It's didactic. And, okay. um, and, and that's what I really appreciate when we really, okay, let's, let's separate the religiosity of art. Let's not go to even a Catholic piece of art, which has been hard to do when you really look at what, you know, Pope Julian and all the other sure. um, individuals have done over the centuries. But if you go, just go to a, you know, Detroit Institute of Arts, which is one of the best in the country, you go there and you pick um, a scene, uh, you know, a, a, a painting that might be, uh, I don't know, of a of sheep that are in the, you know, that are being, you know, moved in and you can just sit and stand there. And if you get lost in it, it's, you're different. I, I've done that. I even did this with my own mom, God rest her. She had Alzheimer's and um, I would take her in her wheelchair and we'd go over to the DIA, which is not too far from the cathedral. And, uh, and I would walk her around and I would explain things because she, um, you know, was probably the least artistic in, in my big family. And uh, it was kind of a nice thing because I'd say, okay, Ma, look, and it was a woman in a, a portrait of a lady in a dress or something. And I would, I would say, what jumps out at you, Ma? What, you know, what is that? And, and, 
and it was kind of interesting because this gentleman started to follow me and, huh. uh, and he introduced himself and I wasn't wearing a Roman collar at the time. Um, it was my day off. So I just took my mom out and he said, how do you know all this? How do you, you know, like, and he, he was kind of funny because my mom was reacting and understanding because she could easily get bored with it. And, uh, and then I found out he was on the board of the Detroit Institute of Arts and he, he was really appreciative that people can use every piece of art. I don't even know what faith he was. But to to go on a journey and it led it led us and led him into an encounter. So I, I think it's profound. It's emotional. That's a good way to put it. Because we all have emotion. We're all human. And if if art really touches us, it really you know it's transformative. Mm-hmm. Well, this is getting <clears throat> maybe down a little too far down the road of aesthetic philosophy here, as we're <laughs> as we're talking about. But it makes sure, me sure, it sure. makes me think because you did mention that um, you try to have this sort of uh, this attitude of prayer um, towards many things. And uh, so, what makes art art, and maybe w- what specifically makes sacred art sacred art? I mean, does it necessarily have to be a depiction of something that is uh, you know a narrative from the Bible or something like something, some piece of our faith? Or is there something else that, uh, that kind of qualifies it as sacred art? Well, I would, uh, to, this is my own little definition, but I think art inspires, art elevates, art, you know, kind of reveals something. Um, I personally, I'm not a fan of, of, um, um, you know, I, I'm I'm not a fan of like you know the duct taping of a banana on the wall type of stuff. Yeah. But yeah. you know, but I do. I, but when it's when I when I get into a piece of art, it doesn't have to be religious overtly. It doesn't have to be of a Bible um, story or of anything like that. It could simply be of a flower. Um, and I sit and, and look at a painting of a flower, and um, and and kind of enter into it. And so. The to answer your question, religious art is is one thing, but it doesn't have to be a religious piece of art that inspires us and connects us with God, because God is going to utilize everything. And so I don't want to limit ourselves. And I think we can become very, um, um, you know, uh, judgmental in in myopic in our understanding. In fact, um, a few years ago. Uh, uh, Patrick, I, I was able to, uh, you know, we were trying to be evangelized and I was in a meeting uh, was and I was totally bored. I, I, my life is just so horrible meetings. <laughs> really? That started, happens to priests too, huh? <laughs> oh, amen, amen, amen. And I thought, what would be a good way? And I, I fantasize about art. I, I dream about art. I, mm. I doodle all the time. And so I started to think, well, why couldn't we use art in a, in a new way to kind of connect? And there's an um, a, a old saying called art for art's sake, which I think is very narcissistic. Mm-hmm. And, and if that's all it is, then what are we doing? We're fooling ourselves. So long story short, we worked, uh, the whole team of people, we worked for several years to put on this big art show called Art for God's Sake. And mm-hmm. it was ecumenical. And what we did is we had anybody, I didn't care who you were, what faith you were, you, um, you, would, you could submit, and we, would, we had a jury and all that to, to make sure that it was, it was quality. And, uh, and what happened is, is if this art inspired you to connect with God, all the things that I, I mentioned, you know, inspiring and elevating you, and, and how do you relate to God and all of that, and, and to help people connect through art to our Lord. And uh, 
we had about 400 pieces of art. We had six countries represented. We transformed the whole parish into an art gallery. We had dance composed for it, music composed for it, and all that wonderful stuff. And so my point in bringing all that in is that there was one of the artists. Um, her name is Carol Cabrin. She's a very, very gifted artist. And she's Jewish. Um, submitted a beautiful piece, several beautiful pieces. And now she serves here at the Cathedral of the Most Blessed Sacrament in Detroit as a baptized Catholic. Mm. And she had a transformative encounter with her art, very dedicated, studied art, has, she teaches art, but then it took her, it transformed her to a new level. And I'm not saying that does that with everybody, but she really knows how to engage and she teaches other people how to encounter God with art. And then she had that, this experience with it and took that leap of faith. And that's what I think all of us should be about. Even if you go, like we have a gorgeous day today, it's cold, but a gorgeous day today here in Detroit. And sometimes I, love, I have a dog and I love to go out and just kind of sit there and let her run around. And I will just smell the, you know, the beautiful cool air and let the sun shine in. And I mean, it, it's creation. It's God's gift. And that's, and we got to start with that, just an encounter with God. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a great place to start, encountering God in and through art and the beauty that is all around us all the time. That's what we're talking about here on the program today, specifically sacred art. So is there a role or a specific piece of music, a specific painting, a sculpture, a, a building, an architecture, or a model of architecture, books, uh, even even things like songs and uh, and TV, movies, things like that. How, how have they all shaped your life of faith? We'd love to hear from you with our spiritual director, Father J.J. Mech, today. Is there a piece of literature or music that you return to again and again? We want to know what those are. So give us a call and join the conversation at 888-914-9149. As always, that's our studio line, and that's sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. Again, 888-914-9149. Love to hear from you on what sac- pieces of sacred art have meant a lot to you and your walk of faith. And uh, you, if you prefer, of course, you can send us an email, at relevantradio.com. Now, Father, all of this attention to art, and, and specifically, this goes back even before the time of Jesus. We see in the scriptures, um, we see that uh, God giving commands, I'm thinking especially in the book of Exodus, about uh, the construction of the Ark of the Covenant, the the, uh, the weaving together of Aaron's garments, you know, that sort of thing. And and uh, there's different pieces of, of where God is instructing uh, artisans and craftsmen to make these things and to make them beautiful. So there's it's a long-standing part of our Catholic tradition. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And that and I appreciate. I was listening to your commercials, and when I listen to you guys, and, and when you. Um, when uh, the the priest shared about the Alleluia, and that that Jesus would have said that. So this has been from the very beginning. You know, God created. He is the creator. You know, and and, and as John Paul II the Great said, the proof of God is beauty. So it's where we find beauty when we when we're pulled into that. And so Jesus clearly encountered his Father, our Father. And uh, and was even went to the temple. We here we utilize. We're, we're known as the cathedral of the arts and culture, and okay. uh, we have these very. I love that you brought up the uh, 
the vestments, because we have these vestments that are um, a little over a century old. And they, oh my gosh, Patrick, they're so gorgeous. And when I do our docent tours, we pull out these, we have these big swivel drawers that open them up. And I had the I had an art institute come out and show how do we restore, you know, take care of them and they shouldn't be touching the wood and all of this. But they are weaved together with gold and they have these hand done embroidered images and they're insured for $10,000 a piece. And, you know, and that's all well and good. But when you sit and you look at these kind of if you look at them, they're they're pragmatic. They're a practical thing. You're supposed to wear them. Right. And yet you and we, our goal is to eventually have a museum here, you know, to have an opportunity where people can come here. But we've been doing, it's already in its own way used to teach and to bring people to the next level. And mm-hmm. so that's what that pragmatic practicalness of art can, can lead us to the next level. And so when you see liturgy, when you experience liturgy, when you encounter in the Eucharist, in the Blessed Sacrament, that's something more that's oh my gosh you, you know you can't you can't put your finger on it you can't even describe it but that's the encounter that's the the intimacy of that that unity with god and if you go in and you like i love that you were bringing up music if you hear a piece of music i love music and so i will listen to a piece when something engages me i will listen to it and listen to it until you know my, my roommate in college would he would just i would drive him nuts because i would listen to the same you know <laughs> music over and over again, but there was, it was something I couldn't even describe, but I was being, it was affecting me and was affecting me emotionally. And that's where I think we need to begin. What attracts you? What pulls you in? And Jesus did that. He, he, he was attractive and people found that beauty in him. And so what makes that, let's begin with that attraction, that beautiful aspect. Maybe you do like some kind of, um, you know, piece of art that somebody else doesn't like. And uh, and you get drawn in. Stay with it. Stay with that and enjoy it. Go. You don't have to go to the classics necessarily. You can even just go to. You you can sit with one word. It's it's. There's lexio divina, and there's visio divina. There's praying, you know, with the scripture, and then there's praying with art, where you visually connect or you audibly connect, and you encounter that. And we try to use all of that here at the cathedral to draw us closer to what our mission's all about, if, if that makes sense. I know I'm being very broad. Give me some clearer questions in that regard, because I, I just want the, all of our listeners, all of your listeners here, just to really engage, because sometimes I think we get to, oh, I have not studied art. I've not sure. done this. I've, but all of us are, we experience love, and yeah. we experience beauty. We are attracted to things, and that's where I think we need to begin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you're right about that. And I think I I love the fact that you're using the word encounter a lot with that. That's a, it's a very popular uh, in, in and around church uh, missions and church understanding of uh, encountering the person of Christ. And we will actually, we'll get back to that actually, Father, on the other side of the break. But first I wanted to encourage listeners, if you have a piece of sacred art that has meant a lot to you, if there's something that has helped you draw near to the Lord, how have you encountered the Lord in and through art? Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Love to have you on the program. 888-914-9149 is our phone number. 888-914-9149 or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. More of the conversation on sacred art with our spiritual director, Father J.J. Mack, coming up right after this. 
Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers, invites high school juniors, seniors, and recent graduates to study the great books this summer at UD's two-week-long Arete program while earning three hours of college credit. Info at relevantradio.com slash udallas. Welcome back to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Join the conversation at 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149. We would love to have you join us at 888-914-9149 as we're talking about sacred art and its role in our lives of faith. If you have a piece of sacred art that has meant a lot to you over the years, or maybe it's something you've just encountered recently, give us a call and join the conversation. Let us know what that is and why it's so inspirational. 888-914-9149. So we're talking with our spiritual director today, Father J.J. Meck, who is the rector of the Cathedral of the Most Blessed Sacrament in the Archdiocese of Detroit. Father, let's take a phone call. We've got Sean, who's calling in from Santa Clarita, California. Sean, good morning. Welcome. Good morning. I'm calling because um, I used to lecture various uh, parishes here in Los Angeles on the symbolic art in the Church, which there's such a great treasure of, and so many people don't know what it means. From the Cairo to the Good Shepherd to the, um, the various kinds of crosses, uh, but I take them from the catacombs and go on to the uh, uh, the Renaissance, so that they would see that there's there's such a great uh, treasury of art. Uh, Father, I'm sure you understand that too. Oh, Sean, I cannot back this up enough. I love what you're saying. I'm a sculptor. And I love symbolism. I, I think what symbolism does, it draws you deeper, it represents something more than what it is itself. And in front of our cathedral, we have 40 panels in the doors that have all these different symbols. And they're beautiful to pray with. And you can even, I'm sure online, you can Google any number of things. But I don't want it to get lost for our, for your listeners, uh, for our listeners. I think you should look and, and understand even the origins of them. Of, of where many of these can be. The Archbishop, um, Archbishop Vigneron here, who is our ordinary, uh, had me help design um, a piece of art for his chapel. And he wanted the, you know, the peacocks drinking from the urn that goes all the way to how ancient that is, is part of it. And then the different symbols, because I'm just, a, I love symbols. I think that's beautiful. And, and you can't, I believe, you can't find a richer, um, you know, pot of, of symbols than the Catholic Church. When you go with our sacraments and, and even the, just a ship, you go to every cathedral in the nation, you have to find a ship somewhere in there and you realize, well, what does that mean? What does that have to do with Jesus? And I love because it takes us deeper. So I, I think that's an excellent way to begin, Sean. Yeah. Sean, if I, I may. church. Yes, go yeah. I was just going to ask, so um, what kind of responses? You said a lot of people said that they didn't really know much about it. As you started explaining some of the, the well, the symbolism that's involved and what's it, what it's actually pointing us to, what kind of reactions did you get from people? Well, I bring a booklet that I'd prepared, and uh, uh, they ever had a copy. But then they'd say, well, what does this mean in our church? What does that mean in our church? Uh-huh. I mean, nobody's ever told us what this means. The Cairo, the IHS. Um, the uh, initial of Mary, where you, it spells out the name Maria, when you show it's a, an M with a cross in the middle, and you, it makes the name Maria. And they, you know, they haven't seen this, they don't know it, and it means so much more once they figure it out. It's um, uh, it's like you know a mystery. You walk into the church and you see a Cairo and don't know what a PX is. 
Mm-hmm. When I was yeah. little, I thought it meant pecs. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That sounds What's right. Beautiful about that is when we have we have a lot of our our school kids come to the cathedral around the season, uh, around the years, and uh, and they will come in and we we have them go on a scavenger hunt to find that. So if I think with your young people, if you're a grandparent or a parent, and go to your own parish and look around, discover because it gets you to see with new eyes, and that's what I think art does takes you deeper and and have them go on a go yourself go on a scavenger hunt and look and then if you don't know something research it discover it because again no coincidence or luck god will be working in that he's going to use that opportunity to draw you closer to him so I, I love that you know what father i think that's a great piece of advice and it's it's a great thing to do as a family here during especially during this lenten season maybe go to a parish go to your own parish sure but maybe go to a parish you haven't visited recently or maybe never been to before a lot of our catholic parishes thanks be to god are open during the day for people to come in and pray and do that sort of scavenger hunt that you were just talking about of looking around and seeing the symbolism the artistic work that is surrounding them in that parish Great idea. Thank you, Father, for that. Thank you, Sean, for the call. Appreciate it. Let's go now to Julie calling in from Clovis, New Mexico. Julie, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Good morning. How are y'all doing? doing Hi, Julie. well. Thank you. Good. I have just a question. I'm just at the beginning of this, but I have a piece of religious art that I've created, and I didn't know whether I could get the priest to bless it. Can he bless it after I've created my the piece of artwork I have? But it was a deep encounter with the Lord. Oh, I, I would think certainly yes, and I would encourage that because what a, what that is all about, it's a sacramental. It becomes, it's like when someone comes to me and they say, would you please bless my rosary? Okay, mm-hmm. and what I normally pray for when I ask that blessing is that, again, we go deeper, go to that next level. It's one thing to, and I don't mean any, you know, we don't want to just rattle off prayers. What's what's that going right. to do? But what, what when we pray with a sacramental and we go deeper, it, it draws us inevitably connecting to God and then knowing our purpose more fully. We understand ourselves more fully. May I ask you um, what your what the piece is? It's it's. I had a visitation from Gabriel. Oh, oh wow! I don't want to okay. break. It's beautiful. So I created something that what he said. So I'm not going to break. But anyway, I just want to make sure it was blessed. It's, it's not going to be famous or anything, but it's for our family. So Okay, okay, it, sure. It, it, was, it was something he said to me, and he, 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 you know how people doubt, and they go, I go, I don't believe this. He says right. it, it, why he identified himself as it is I. So I've created a, a work piece around it that's very deeply connected, and it goes back to my work, my lifetime career, and everything like that. And he said it was expected that no one would believe, but he's come, you know, he's kind of been always watching out over me, and so I'm just in a piece for my home, and I did not know whether or not it would be able to get it. You know, nobody cares really, but he would. But I would just want to get it blessed, and I didn't know if the I, priest would I be can able to do that. stop you in, in that just because I think we get so much negativity in our society. Um, so much uh, where I, I've been, I was ill the last few days, and I had I was laid up, in a, and I unfortunately I was I had the TV on just to kind of keep me company, and there's so much like challenge and darkness and pain and separation and arguing and all those kind of things. And I think in this troubled world, um, you know, and there's it, what it can do, it damages our understanding or our, our understanding of our, you know, when you look at the thirst for power and all of that. And what I think what can happen when we remove that, what 
And, and what you're doing, Julie, is you're looking for what's, what are you trying to say to me, God? And people can doubt you. Know, people will question and, and all of that. But this was your experience with, you know, something deeper. And so, you know, saying nobody else will believe, you know, don't worry about that. Worry about what is your purpose. And you're trying to do that. So bless it. And you continue to ask for those blessings. And then we move to the next level. I can only imagine, um, you know, how many artists that are, are, their names are long forgotten and they created some small piece. And then maybe it would be a century later and it's, it's found in a, you know, in, in a little church or it's found in a, in a resale shop or something. And someone is inspired by it. The Holy Spirit will never stop working. So just try not to go down the negative road. Always go down, okay, Lord, what do you need me to do? Especially in our, this Lenten journey, our, what are our crosses trying to say to us? United with Christ, he was determined, uh, and he, he continued until it, the success happened. And that's what we all need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Julie, thank you for that. Thank you for sharing and calling in. And great question and a great story as well about how sacred art has influenced your life. That's what we're talking about today with our spiritual director, Father J.J. Meck from the Archdiocese of Detroit and rector of Cathedral of the Most Blessed Sacrament there. If you have a story or a question for, for Father J.J., give us a call, 888-914-9149. Let's go now to Teresa calling in from California. Teresa, welcome. Good morning. Yes, um... I had an incident of, when I was younger, a beautiful card of the tabernacle, and it was God the Father, it was Jesus alive on the cross, it was the precious blood, and of course the Holy Spirit, there's a priest, and the tabernacle, and, and there's angels, and Our Lady off to the side, and I knew I was in the presence of heaven and on earth when I would look at the card, and then many years later, I drank too much. I got pulled over from a police officer. He asked me to take a breath test, and I refused to, and I got thrown in jail. And the lady openly said to me, you're going to spend the night in a drunk tank. And I was scared to death in Los Angeles. I had never been so afraid of my life. She gave me a blanket, and I sat there, and I closed my eyes, and I asked the Blessed Mother to forgive me, to ask God to forgive me. And I asked her if she would send her angel, St. Michael, to protect me. And when I closed my eyes, it was the image. I was actually in heaven before the tabernacle, and I knew that there were angels there. And I knew I was in that art piece, and I had heat, and it was the worst day of my life, and yet it was the best day of my life. And it was all the memory of knowing that God loved me anyways. And I just even though I'm embarrassed, I wanted to share on the phone that God is working all the time if we would just let him in and not take our mass for granted because angels are there all the time and our Lord is there. And it's hard to share, but it was important to share. <sighs> I appreciate you sharing that, Teresa. And, and, and what I, that's how I pray with art, um, just to let you know. Um, there's, there's a way of doing Visio Divina, but when I do it, as I've been doing it for about 30 years, I will close my eyes, turn, you know, you've got to turn off the phone, turn off all that, all, and, and just close your eyes, and you've got to go to a real safe space in your mind. And sometimes, you know, I love art and architecture. My whole background is in that. And I will design a space and looking out, and that's where Christ will meet me. 
And and you didn't even have to do that. You didn't even have to kind of go through those, those different stages of unhooking and all that and kind of experiencing the presence of Christ. He just showed that to you right in the midst of your pain. So anybody out there who's listening and you are feeling, you know, despondent and, and frustrated, stop. Stop and do just that. Take a deep breath and allow, because God is always at the ready. I agree with you. He, he always adores us. And in our brokenness, that can be the very beginning where we can have that, you know, that, that jumping forth space to know what it is that we are to do next. So um, thank you for being vulnerable. Yeah. I really appreciate it, Teresa. Thank you so much for the phone call and for, yes, your vulnerability. And God bless you. Thank you. I mean, that's that's so often the case that it's something that ends up being what we would typify as the worst day of our life. Turns out also if we meet the Lord there, it can be the best day of our life as well. And Father, one of the things that it just, as as Teresa was sharing her story, as you were talking about Visio Divina and everything, I... It just, it strikes me that God has given us eyes, you know, and God bless those who don't have the full use of their eyes or maybe any use of their eyes, but even Jesus restores the sight of others, does he not? And and it seems like part of this is so that we can take in all the goodness that is around us, all the beauty that is around us, because it does facilitate an encounter with him. That's exactly it. And and. Well, that's where I have a little prayer corner, Patrick, that where I'll, um, I, I have to have it neat and all that because it just kind of calms my spirit. But I will rotate a piece of art, and, and, uh, and it varies. And sometimes it's, you know, it's, it's purely religious. Sometimes it's a little on the edges of that. And, uh, and what I would encourage you to, everybody to do yeah. is when you, you know, find a piece of art that you enjoy. And, and what you want to do is, is you want to just, you know, identify it, grab it, go to an art museum. You don't, nobody has to observe you doing this, but you want to sit and gaze at it for a long time. And, uh, and just kind of, just like you would as you, as you would do with, um, you know, when you're reading the scripture, you'd kind of chew on it and reflect on it. That's what you want to do. You want to meditate while you're staring at this piece and, and kind of answer some questions. You know, uh, what, what drew you to that piece? Why do you think God gave you that, you know, like to use your, your thing that we have those, eye, that eyesight? What drew you in? Go one step deeper. What made you connect with this piece or want to connect with this piece? And then what's being conveyed? What do you see? And, and not always being that literal, you know, um, uh, is there, I don't know, do you even sense something? Like, is there an invitation to notice something? What do you notice? Um, you know, what, what memory about you? Because the Holy Spirit does this with me. He nudges me. And what memory um, is, is, is brought forth? Why do I need to reflect on that? Is it, is it some distraction? Then, you know, own it and then let it go and then go back to the peace. And what are those inner stirrings? And that's sometimes the best part that we can get at, because when God is speaking, um, you know, he's going to be speaking to us as we're meditating on that, and it's going to be something that that is oftentimes to kind of go back to what we were talking about earlier, that is oftentimes in the recesses. Sometimes we're going to get a little reflection, the recesses of our spirit, of our soul, and, and God is not going to, you know, go unheard. He's going to keep tapping us, chasing after us, kind of like what Teresa said. He's never going to abandon us. So, so what's he saying in that? And, uh, and words are never sufficient. You know, sometimes you just have to go with a, a feeling or a reflection um, in that. And, and so just kind of identify that 
And sometimes people who are not used to praying with art will feel like that's that's kind of a weird, abstract kind of a way of going into it. But then bring it in and then talk about it in a literal way, if that's what you need to do, at the end with Jesus. Just ask him, like, how did you do this? What do you want me to learn from this? Why would you give me this? And, and wait for his answer. He will give you an answer. Wow. I love it. Uh, our spiritual director today, Father J.J. Mech from the Archdiocese of Detroit, rector of the Cathedral of the Most Blessed Sacrament there in Detroit. We are talking about the role of sacred art in our lives of faith, and I'm just getting uh, all great things from this conversation, Father, and I'm sure our listeners are too. Uh, great calls that we've had thus far, some wonderful things that have come our way. If you have a piece of sacred art to recommend or a question about how to engage with sacred art as to deepen your life of faith, especially during this Lenten season, give us a call. 888-914-9149 888-914-9149 Our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com Into our next break, but we got more of the conversation coming up right after this. Stay with us. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers, invites high school juniors, seniors, and recent graduates to study the great books this summer at UD's two-week-long Arate program while earning three hours of college credit. Info at relevantradio.com slash udallas. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio on RelevantRadio.com and the Relevant Radio app. My name is Patrick Conley. We're talking to you about sacred art today, which of course includes sacred music. So thank you to Nick Sentovich for producing the show and giving us that little bit of the taste of sacred music as well. And to Gabby Burke, who's on the phones for us today. Appreciate her work as well. Our spiritual director today is Father J.J. Mack, rector of the Cathedral of the Most Blessed Sacrament in Detroit, talking about uh, talking about sacred art, as I said. And, Father, I understand that uh, right there at the cathedral, you're running a, a pilgrimage of sorts that has, a, has an artistic focus. What is that all about? It does. Thank you. So about uh, eight, nine years ago when I got here as the rector, um, I love art and architecture, so I was exploring every little nook and cranny of this wonderful place, and it's huge. And uh, what I found, which was not at that point, was not part of my spirituality, but I was finding relics. And so uh, to make a long story short, I was finding them in drawers and cupboards and everything. And I just thought it was not appropriate that these were just kind of scattered around. So I started to collect them and found the paperwork. Luckily, we had the majority of the paperwork for them. Had a gentleman from the Vatican authenticate them and uh, uh, like so many other places around the country, um, uh, churches are starting to close for lack of attendance. Um, and I had four assignments when I began, Patrick. And so one of those assignments was in a parish that was from three churches that had closed and then merged into one. And one of those closed parishes had a series of statues. And I got to tell you, these statues are unbelievable. They are seven and a half feet tall carved out of single trunks of trees. They're a little over 100 years old, and they're just beautiful. They're really, really profoundly beautiful. So okay. they were bad shape, and uh, and so I was praying, and I don't believe in coincidence or luck, like I mentioned. So um, started to, to make a very long story short, put all this together, and what we have now is when you come to the cathedral, a permanent pilgrimage. We, we, we are now a pilgrimage site for relics. 
And when you come into the cathedral, um, you know, no matter what door you come in, you're, you're greeted by a sign that welcomes you. And it says, what's a pilgrimage? What's a relic? You know, the, and when we have all bones of the 12 apostles here and, and we have about uh, maybe I think it's we're getting up close to 300 relics. And what happens is, is that you, um, we put these statues up of the 12 apostles in of two angels, and we carve these bases. And when you go in, you go on this journey, um, and it's, uh, it's, it's great to see beautiful statues because they're amazing. And it's great to touch some bones, and that's, that's all well and good. But what happens is there's this amazing signage that the team put together, and they describe, for instance, like, I don't know, St. John. Who is he and why? what's he about? What's his feast day? What are his symbols to go back to, uh, you know, what our earlier question was all about? And, um, and then uh, who he's the patron of and, and scriptures that you might want to ponder. And then as you walk around and you go, you try to make a connection. Like they'll say a little description about that. And it's, it's praying with the art that you have here. And you go and you touch the relic. You might have an encounter. And we know, I know we've been using that word a lot. But you might have a tingle or an experience, or you might come in and you want you're praying for. I've been using the example. Let's say you want your niece to to be able to conceive, and she's having trouble, and so you go in and you think uh, Saint Bartholomew is going to be your man, and Saint Matthias is the one who speaks out to you, and you you know, and then you you kind of encounter that. You come to the Blessed Sacrament Chapel, you write your intention down. And then we have this new painting that was uh, created. It's called Mary, Mother of the Church of Detroit. And it's Our Lady, um, and she has under her mantle um, a zillion different individuals, saints with, with, with halos, canonized saints, but also um, saints in the making. And so what this is all about is that when you come here, you, you put your intention into that prayer box, which we'll pray for perpetually, and then um, when your prayer is answered, you come back because you're going to take with you an image of the Blessed Mother with all these saints because you're a saint in the making. And it's all about transformation. You might be praying to, like I said, Matthew or Simon, and, you, and you're going to say, okay, I need you to pray for my niece. And when she does conceive and your miracle is granted, you come back and you receive a tile, and then we put that up on what the Archbishop Vigneron wants to be called um, the Wall of Signs and Wonders, because that's from the Acts of the Apostles when they went out. And, uh, and, and so you're going to be creating an artwork with all those prayers that are being answered. But the big thing is, is that you are transformed. You're different mm-hmm. from having asked those questions and being yeah. a part of that. So does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it sounds amazing. It sounds like a great way to in, in, engage Others with with the possibility of an encounter with the Lord. I mean, and like you said, and, and all encounters with the Lord are transformative. And just to know that that's the case and um, fits well with the whole idea. So I, I love the idea of this kind of pilgrimage, Father. And God bless you. I hope it's really fruitful, uh, continues to be really fruitful in a lot of ways for you. Let's go back to the phone and see if we can squeeze a few more phone calls in before the end of the show. Uh, we got Mary calling in from California. Mary, good morning. Welcome. Yes, good morning. Uh, yes, I just um, wanted to mention that um, I just wish they would bring back some of the music. When I went to school, in Catholic school, we had a nun who was so excellent, Sister Liguori, I'll never forget her. She would come in with her little harmonica, and we learned songs then that I still feel very religiously emotional when I hear them, like Tantum Ergo, um, the... Uh, 
no, excuse me, to the Blessed Mother, Immaculate Mary. We we would learn those for our first communion, of course, and O Santissima. There was amazing grace, and even America the Beautiful. We sing that sometimes, you know, when it's getting near um, national holidays. But it brings God, you know, into our nationality, and um, and then of course, you know, with the Latin Mass, we'd learn the Credo and sang the credo for high mass. And I, I feel like a lot of times the kids are missing out on all those beautiful hymns in Latin. Uh, I know we don't uh, do Latin anymore, but, it, you know, they were beautiful. Yeah. And in what we're doing here, um, and I don't think you have to go far, Mary. You can you can either, again, I'm not a big Internet guy, but you can go. I'm sure you can find that stuff. Just even pray with and or to Google where you could get, you know, a CD of that or something. And but you don't have to go far to do that. Even here, we st- I started. A, um, it's called the Cathedral Academy with the Archbishop. Um, and it's something that that goes to that to teach actual liturgical hymns. And, and it's all for kids. We train children how to sing and use their gift and they um, to, to praise God. And we teach them, you know, all of the varying hymns to be because all of us are artists. And, and, and don't limit yourself. Some, oh, I can't draw a straight line. You don't need to. You just need to use your creative ability. So don't, again, where you might look at the negative, but let's go to the positive. Let's figure out where is God wanting of you. So you're sharing it. You're sharing it on this, this beautiful national program. People are going to hear that. So what would be our next step? Sing it. Hum it. Teach your, your children, your grandchildren. Sister is no longer around, I would assume. And But you are, and there is a reason why you are that disciple who wants to share this. So so bring that gift about and maybe, you know, and, and share it with others. Share it with your music director. Yeah, it's a great idea. Thank you, Mary, for the phone call, and thank you for the for the encouragement. And I hope that, uh, Father, what you said, that Mary takes you up on that, and others do as well. I mean, great idea to teach your kids some of the songs that have meant so much to you and helping to deepen your devotion to the Lord. Let's see if we can get one or two more calls in. Kathy is calling in from Delaware. Good, mo- good afternoon to you, Kathy. Welcome. Well, it's good morning somewhere, right? <laughs> right. Hi, good afternoon. <laughs> Um, uh, I just want to share that I received from my grandmother as a wedding gift, as I had asked her, she had said, what do you want for Christmas? I mean, for a wedding gift. And I told her, all I want, Nana, is the Mount of Olives picture that, um, shows Christ looking down at night onto the cities. And it was her wedding gift that she had received from her mother and she blessed me with it. And my one sister said, oh, I wanted that. I didn't, you didn't die. Blah, blah. Anyway, what came to my mind was when the Lord said, you have not because you do not ask. And when you ask, you ask amiss. <laughs> and yep. I knew, yep. you know, the Lord protected me with that. Mm. And not only that, but I realized that it wasn't just the picture that I wanted. I wanted my grandmother's faith. She lost mm. her husband early and she never remarried. She remained a widow and she passed at 91 years old. So she was a widow for 50 years. Oh my gosh. And you know, with, I have lots and lots and lots of art and I love what you're saying that has been handed in, in, and I had this old piece of art that was done. It was my, my dad grew up pretty poor 
and he um, he made a canvas out of a window shade, and it was all crumbling. And I probably the most expensive piece of art I uh, have because my brother and I paid to have it restored. And and so, what I do, what I think is helpful, you could I would let you I would lend that picture to your sister, and say the deal is you can have this for a month, you can have this for Lent or for Easter or whatever you say, but I want you to pray with it because what you're doing, you're planting those seeds, and then pray every morning to your grandma, to your mom. And say, okay, you know, I want you, because I pray to the communion of saints. My mom and dad are both deceased. And I, every morning I pray, I said, I need you to intercede for me, mom and dad. I, cause I, and, and so that we're all connected and you're connecting with your sister in that way. So I'm going to lend it to you for this amount, but your job is to pray. And it's going to, the Holy Spirit's going to surprise you. I really believe that, that you know, in, in how not only will she be different, but you as well. That's a great idea too. I love that idea of of lending it to your to your sister uh, and seeing that actually come up. And and Kathy, I hope that that's helpful. I hope that there's something that's really um, really fosters some some great communication, some deeper faith, and all that sort of thing. So thank you for the call. Appreciate so much that uh, there have been so many good calls today. My apologies to those we couldn't make it to, but unfortunately we've reached the end of our time, Father. But uh, I, I know this conversation could go on, so we'll have to have you back on talking about this topic again. We have about 30 seconds for a blessing from you, Father. Would you be willing to do that for us now? I would be honored. So, Lord God, I ask you to shower your graces upon all those who are hearing this. And may they just be inspired by your creativity to go forth, continually sharing the good news. Bless Patrick and his mission. And may we all say yes in a new and wonderful way. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much to Father J.J. Mech, Rector of the Cathedral of the Most Blessed Sacrament in Detroit, for being our spiritual director today, talking about sacred art. Coming up on Monday, we're going to tackle the topic of confession again. Get your confessions confessions questions ready for our spiritual director, Father Tom Wilson. Up next is the Holy Sacrifice in the Mass. Our celebrant today is Father Brian Belongi. I hope you can stay tuned for that. Until next time, have a great weekend. Grace and peace.